Very thankful, as always, to be joined by Illinois State Senator Terry Bryant. Terry, thanks for the time. Uh, Thank you for having me, Will. Lots of talk today because officially, formally, the Safety Act goes into place here on this Monday, September the 18th. Um, I'm just uh, obviously we've had a lot of conversation about this. Uh, Bringing us up to today, uh, what are you hearing from the various counties, states, attorneys, sheriffs in your district about how this is going to roll out? Well, there was, uh, I don't know about the rollout part of it. There were some pretty good articles today in some papers from the Chicago area. I think there's one in the Sun-Times that talks about how um, perplexed everyone is. 62 of the 102 counties in Illinois have less than 35,000 people. That means they don't have to provide like public defenders, like they don't have to have them on staff. So a a good majority of the counties in Illinois don't even have public defenders. And one of the things in the Safety Act is going to require these pretrial hearings uh, before, you know, before bail is decided. So uh, like, for instance, Hamilton County, and I think was uh, Gallatin, uh, they share uh, a public defender. Um, You've got court systems where the law is going to require that they have those pretrial hearings uh, 72 hours from the time that they are arrested. But if you let's suppose you're one of those counties that doesn't hold court every day, you get arrested at six o'clock on a Friday evening on the weekend of a Monday holiday. You might not go to court until Tuesday. Uh, now, this you the uh, Illinois Supreme Court just um, sent out some guidance that they can do like Zoom um, hearings and stuff, but that's going to be litigated by the ACLU. So you see some of those problems. I think that, you know, one of the biggest problems that we're going to see has to do, there's a, you know, Democrats, of course, are having a, a press conference. Uh, I'm doing the Republican response for the Senate uh, on that press conference. We know in advance some of the things that are going to be said. We think, you know, they're going to be touting this as uh, they call, you know, as a more fair uh, way to do uh, bail, but honestly, fair for who? Not fair for the victims. You know, this, in fact, in fact, I think when I was on the show last time, we talked about the fact that restitution, often when, like when someone's convicted of a crime, the bail money that has been held is used to pay the victims the restitution that's ordered. There's a Child Advocacy Center Fund, a Violent Crime Uh, Victims Fund, Sexual Assault Services Fund, Domestic Violence Shelter Fund, all of those things get funded out of that bail money uh, once somebody's convicted. So I don't know who they think this is fair to, fair to the criminals, for sure, but definitely not fair to the victims. You know, I've talked to some judges and various people in Jackson County, and they say, you know, the Safety Act isn't necessarily something that maybe shouldn't have happened in some of these larger counties who had been holding people for sometimes years at a time because of just how inefficient that their court system and their jails had become for, you know, fairly petty crimes. But it was a uh, it was a solution to a regional problem applied statewide. Well, yeah. And, and let's remember in this uh, 20, 2024 fiscal budget that, that we're in now, there was $10 million given to the court county uh, court system to make all of this work. 
Other counties didn't get that kind of money. Uh, DuPage County, which is the second largest uh, county uh, and has the second largest court system in the state, they just did a two or three million dollar um, revamp on their on their courts in DuPage County. So the two largest courts got money to do all of this. Everybody else has to figure it out. And you know what figuring it out means, Will? It means that your property taxes have to go up because the only way that county boards are going to be able to give the prosecutors and the courts and the public defenders the money that they're going to need to make this work is by increasing property taxes or uh, decreasing monies that are going to uh, to other uh, benefits. So you're going to either have property tax increases or decreases in other uh, in, in in other things that we really count on uh, in the county now. Oh, I guess the only other option would be for some of these county boards to pursue like a uh, retail sales tax increase dedicated to public safety of some sort. We've seen those pushes in the past as well. But again, you it it, it forces a tax increase. And the, you know, the problem is that, uh, you know, on our property taxes in Jackson County, you know, I live in Jackson County. They're the, I believe the seventh highest in the state. And, uh, and, you know, our Southern Illinois counties, the population is not very high. So every time you hit somebody with an additional uh, tax, whether it's a sales tax or property tax or whatever it happens to be, then people, uh, people are continuing to move out of the state. So, um, clearly, it's it's a dilemma that we're in. Uh, I think my our, uh, somebody called me the other day and asked me what I thought was going to happen when this fully went into effect, which is today. And they asked me if this is going to be like the movie The Purge. And I don't think that it's going to go to that level, but we are already seeing, uh, leading up to this, individuals who are getting out of jail who probably should remain locked up. You know, there's another component of this law that we really haven't talked very much about, and that is that under the yesterday, if this were yesterday, and you were going before a judge, you would have to prove why a judge should allow you to get out of jail. You've been arrested, right? You've been indicted for that crime. And if you want to get out, you've got to prove to the judge that you should be allowed out. That all changes now. And now a state's attorney uh, has to come in and prove why a judge should keep you locked up. And so imagine this scenario. You're, uh, you're an individual who has been raped. Within 72 hours, they have to have a hearing on whether or not you should remain locked up. It might require the victim to come in and say, yeah, that that's the person who raped me. It could be the person is still in jail. It could be uh, an individual who had been, maybe they've been rendered unconscious and haven't been made conscious again. So that person, that victim may have to go to court to say why the person should have to be locked up. And in addition, you could have an individual who isn't even conscious. And so how do you get, how do you investigate long enough? How does the state's attorney investigate long enough to be able to prove that this person should remain locked up? So there's so many things that are wrong with this law. We're going to see trailer bill after trailer bill after trailer bill on it, like we've seen with so many other bills that I think are unconstitutional also. Uh, and, and the fact is, you're supposed to work out all of these problems in committee. And then you bring a good bill to the floor to vote on. In this case, what the Democrats keep saying is, well, let's just go ahead and get this passed and then we'll come back and fix it. That is the 
poorest excuse for, uh, for, for creating laws that I've ever heard. It's why people like me got involved in this in the first place, because we got it. There has to be some common sense in what we're doing. This bill has zero common sense. We could have done better. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're making laws or sandwiches. Bad process creates a bad product, and you've got to come around and fix errors later. It's a measure once, cut twice uh, in the Illinois legislature too often uh, with the majority that is in power there. And here's another you know, prime example of it. Well, it's the uh, Safety Act implementation today, the uh, cashless bail, uh, what I'd like to consider a c- experimental piece of legislation uh, because nobody else uh, in the country has went this far. But um, we will see how it goes. Uh, Senator Bryant, anything else you want to mention today before we let you go? Um, well, I would uh, just uh, challenge everyone to, uh, to, when you see this being implemented, if you, if you are a victim who is uh, touched by this law, please call my office at 618-684-1100, and uh, we will try to help you walk through this. Uh, We will also be making sure that uh, Senate President Harmon's office and Speaker Welch's office are made aware of the issues that we're seeing. Uh, Keep in mind, uh, anyone who's listening to this, that much of what you and I have just talked about we actually pointed all of these things out before the law was passed. And so, you know, bad process, making a bad product is totally true. We always expect with the law that you're going to have some unintended consequences. In this case, we foresaw a lot of the consequences that I see. I think that we are actually going to now literally see. Uh, so terrible uh, way to do business. Um, but we want to make sure that victims are taken care of in all of this. So, again, that's uh, 618-684-1100, and we'll do everything we can to try to help you work through this if you're a victim uh, that is not taken care of properly, mostly because of the um, Safety Act. Senator Terry Bryan, our guest today. Terry, thanks for the time. Thank you, Will. Have a great day.